Welcome to The Vinyl Preacher, your weekly podcast where we talk about the Bible and make a playlist. I'm Matt Cadle, pastor at St. Mark's Lutheran Church, campus ministry in Los Angeles, California. And I'm Zach Pierce. I'm the pastor of Lutheran Campus Ministry at the University of Colorado Boulder. Zach, I gave a little hint uh, in, in the playlist last week, uh, but it's dinosaur season. It's dinosaur it's season. Dino season on planet Earth. We've got a new Jurassic movie, Jurassic World Dominion. I saw it on Sunday. Uh, we had a great had a great date night with my spouse. I did all the things that she would want to do, which means yeah. I went to the the Funko Hollywood store and uh, and took ridiculous photos, which was definitely how she wanted to spend uh, her her afternoon. She's very nice. I can only to me. imagine. Yeah. Very nice to me. Uh, and we went to the uh, went to the Chinese theater down in Hollywood. It's uh, it's it's super weird that they built a, a theater around what we thought like a Chinese theater might look like in the 1920s. Just a really interesting historical place. Uh, I told my spouse, "Hey, you're a historian, so I thought you'd want to go to this historical theater again." Just really thinking about uh, her, about her on this day now. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so yeah, saw that. So I just, you know, I, this is this is one of my favorite favorite series, Jurassic Park, favorite movie uh, ever. I mean, we've talked about it before. Still holds up. Still holds up. So how's the Good. how's the franchise doing? I will say, I was at REI the other day. My wife was like, I think we might have to go to REI for this thing. And I was like, Are you serious? There's a surprising number of connections between. Uh, Recreation Equipment Incorporated and Jurassic Park. I know. I just, I was like, is it my birthday? Like, you're gonna, we're gonna go to REI together. This is incredible. <laughs> um, anyway, the point is, I was checking out and I was wearing uh, a Jurassic Park shirt. I think I must have been because why else wouldn't the person say this? But he was like, so are you? Uh, you can see the new movie? And I was like, yeah, yeah, of course. It's like you big fan of the franchise, which I thought was an interesting question. The franchise. And I was like, well, you know, obviously the first one's the the gold standard, but you know, any any chance you have to just see dinosaurs running around eating people, it's always a good good excuse. Yeah. It's like, yeah, that's probably right. You know, it's just the last the last movie wasn't that good, but you just you want to see dinosaurs running around. I was like, yeah, I, I feel like we came to an understanding. Me and the REI uh, checkout person, which was which was pretty great. Uh, and that's that's how I feel. I have strong opinions about this series. I personally, I thought Jurassic World, that first one, in, back in 2015 when they relaunched, mm-hmm. uh, loved it. It was there's a lot of fan service, but I was here for it. I thought it was great. I I'm really a fan. enjoyed it. Me. I I was I was I was a big fan. I, I thoroughly enjoyed that one. Uh, Fallen Kingdom that was the next one. Uh, I mean, I probably I probably only seen it once, so I'm, I may need to do a to do a rewatch. But um, but I felt like my biggest complaint with that one uh, was that they once again felt the need to like invent a new dinosaur instead of just mm-hmm. leaning into the fact that dinosaurs in themselves exist. They're real. <laughs> are enough. Like there were plenty of them out there and you could do interesting things with the dinosaurs that are, exa- I know this is like part of the point, but I feel like they already did that storyline in the first movie. And now they need it. And so they like, I didn't thought it was dumb. Uh, so third movie in this series, uh, they fixed that problem. They did not invent a new dinosaur. They had some new dinosaurs, but they weren't like genetically, mod- they were like, okay, these were dinosaurs that existed. So that was cool. That was good. Appreciate that. Uh, the big news, of course, they brought back Alan Grant, Ian Malcolm, Ellie Sattler. Great, uh, Ugh, great, cast. great to see them on screen again. Uh, just another wonderful, 
reminder of what a what a gift to the world world Jeff Goldblum is just a unique human <laughs> being. Just really, really fun stuff. We're trying to get him um, on the pod. We're trying to get him on the pod. He'll We're be, talking to his people, yeah. It'll be great. Uh, we'll talk about the big chill soundtrack. <laughs> definitely. I will say my my number one takeaway. I mean, they they had some interesting things about uh, like genetically modified crops and like capitalism and just like some good like Monsanto kind of stuff, which was like pretty interesting. Um, but I guess my question, and this is weird coming from me, who just likes to see dinosaurs on screen, how many more stories can we tell? Like, what what are there any new stories to tell about people and dinosaurs, and what? could that look like? And I feel like the only end, this is terrible. Cause it's just, I mean, this is, but it needs to, um, it may be that we need a TV show, Zach. I, I feel like that's the direction we need to go in as a series where like every week, cause now this is the, the scenario is now, I mean, you know, this from the end of the second movie, I know you have seen these movies multiple times as well. <laughs> I'm assuming, but dinosaurs are not everywhere. They're throughout the world, you know, like mm-hmm. this is the world franchise. So the dinosaurs are everywhere. Yeah. So you could have a series where like it's episodic and they just go to a new scenario that has come up because now it's dinosaurs and people living together, mass hysteria. Uh, what are the implications of this? And you could just have a different scenario every week that they're going out to investigate. Uh, I, I feel like that's the direction. I don't know how else you do like a big, like what is a big plot? We've already done it. Like we've done it. Like well, I've got your I'm not sure. That's it. What's I've got that? your answers. I've What's got your answer? answers. What's the answer? It's time for the Jurassic Park franchise. Take it back to the Triassic era. Matt, you and I were at the perfect age where like of nerddom, like in childhood, right? Where because of the Jurassic Park stuff, I've talked about it before, I'm sure on the podcast that I was only able to watch the film when I read the book because it was PG 13 and I was not 13. Uh, so I had to read the Michael Crichton book. Um, but it also dove me deep into the world of dinosaurs. So I became familiar with the, with the eras. Uh, is that what they call it? Epics? Yeah. Eras? Pure as history that it's Triassic, Jurassic, Cretaceous, right? Right. And that for, for real nerds, I mean, the T-Rex is in the Cretaceous, Cretaceous right. period and not in the Jurassic, yeah. right? It's not exactly. Jurassic animals, right? They're, mm-hmm. It's, it's a little, uh, what's the, what's the word for when, you know, there's like a phone in a, in a, in a, in a Western movie or something, right? Like it's, it's not, not the right, right. Match up. Um, but here's what they do. They've not explored the world of prequels. And I think that's what I would much rather see, right? I want to know how does Newman end up there, right? I want a whole like season of Newman, <laughs> right? Like the Newman story that gets him to Jurassic Park. <laughs> they got to go better call Saul on it. And the name is already there. Like Tr- Triassic Park. How do these people, how does, uh, uh, how does, uh, sir, um, David Attenborough, uh, oh my gosh, (laughs) end up voicing the ride? Jurassic Park. This is really what we need. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, John Hammond in that first movie gets this whole, um, monologue about, uh, the flea circus. Oh, they want to see the fleas. They want to see the fleas. I want to get them something new. Something they could touch. There's the prequel. Him and his police. There it is. That's it. Yeah. I mean, John Hammond, like the whole movie. That's you could do a better call Saul not too far away from the John Hammond story, right? Like it'd be be a similar story arc, I think. Um, how you end up yeah, what kind of person opens (laughs) a dinosaur theme park? 
Yeah. 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 That I, I like it. I like it. I think, uh, I think that would work. They did, they did try to do some interesting prequel stuff. So apparently there was like a prologue short film that was released, mm. that I watched afterwards, which was like, took place in the actual like prehistoric era with like a, sh- a showdown between T-Rex and the, the new dinosaur who was really an old dinosaur with like a showdown. Right. And the T-Rex yeah. loses. And so then there's mm. spoiler, but there's going to be a rematch. Uh, <laughs> and so it was like laying the groundwork for this dinosaur rivalry, which I'm kind of here for. Like, let's, let's go. I mean, if, if you want to ask me, what was the part that you cheered for? It was this match between these two giant dinosaurs yeah. fighting each other. It was great. I do also think this, this brought this up for me was that they, they keep introducing new dinosaurs, which is, you know, it's fun to see different dinosaurs on screen. Um, but we root for the T-Rex and the Velociraptor because I mean, it's kind of miraculous. It's, it highlights for me how well they did in that first movie of like making those, those particular creatures into characters, like with personality. Like, I don't know how they did that. And they I don't think they've ever been able to do it again. Like, I don't think any of these other movies, like, it's really fun to see dinosaurs running around. But I'm not sure they've ever managed to, like, give them a real personality in the way that they've given the T-Rex and the Velociraptor personality, which is kind of an incredible accomplishment for 1993. That's the limiting factor of the show, of the franchise, if you will, right? The, that the dinosaurs can't talk, right? So you have to, you can't do a dinosaur movie, right? It has to be dinosaurs and people. Right, like, like, yeah, yeah. There was a great. I mean, there's a world where you make like a silent film, <laughs> where you just like communicate. You can't just go all that. So that actually, they actually, this actually happens in the movie. Like there's a Milo a and which, Otis kind of deal. There's a point at which uh, Owen Grady, Chris Pratt's character, uh, and and Blue, his his Velociraptor friend, like they have a moment. <laughs> And like, it's a time in the movie when they're, they they should have a moment. And I'm like, they're going to have a moment, right? But what are they going to do? Because the dinosaur can't talk. Like, they're not going to, they're not going to hug it out. Like, what are they going to do? And they just kind of look at each other. <laughs> like, for like, for like 20 seconds. And that's it. And I'm like, okay, I guess that was the, that was the moment because they can't talk. <laughs> it's great. Great stuff. As a proponent of uh, the reintroduction of the grizzly bear to Colorado, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm forever into the, into the idea of exploring the ethics of, of the reintroduction of species. Um, <laughs> which, Matt, leads me to a little bit of a promo. Uh, yeah. Coming up on, let's see, I'll make sure I give you the right date, Tuesday. June 28th, Matt, which uh, this podcast will come out before that. Uh, Lutheran's Restoring Creation has a monthly like kind of public call where they talk to somebody you want to hear from and stuff. Uh, I'm leading that. I'm interviewing Ron Rude, former campus pastor at the University of Arizona in Tucson, now retired, has written a new book called Amending the Christian Story. Uh, and um, it's an interesting book, an interesting perspective uh, I've known Ron for, for quite a while now. I love talking to Ron. Uh, he's a lot of fun. So if you're into my energy uh, and my energy talking to Ron, who's an interesting person, you're going to want to be there. You'll be able to ask questions. The The gist of the book um, is that, that uh, Ron wants to put the Christian scriptures, like the Bible, into um, essentially, I think, into um, – 
perspective with like the timeline of existence. Right. And so saying that like he keep he one of the things he does in the book is he calls Christianity a baby religion. Uh, Cause we've only been around for, for 2000 years or 3000 years, if you want to, you know, include yeah. that part of things, but that 3000 years in the grand scape, scale of creation is not very long. Um, so, and that it's too anthropocentric, like it's too, too focused mm. on humans um, and puts humans yeah. at the center of things. And so the book is an exploration of what it might be like to, to have a, a, a perspective uh, and a Christian perspective that is not so, so limited and focused in that in that sense. So interesting there, ideas. Yeah, yeah. No, that sounds really good. And what a good what a good connection. See, that's really why we started with Jurassic Park because we want to talk about the ethics. Right. Uh, and it's called connections. So, I, right. Lutheran's restoration. Right. You do need to register to get the link. Go to their website or Facebook or something. I'll put the link in the in the episode in the show description, uh, folks. Would uh, would it be possible for you to only ask him questions about the ethics of cloning dinosaurs? Would it just just keep like guiding the conversation back to? Mm-hmm. Have you considered Ron Amber? Like, I still need a scientist to explain to me why the science of Jurassic Park doesn't work, and we haven't been able to do it. <laughs> right? Yeah, like yeah. it's. I'm going to tune into this conversation. Now. It makes so much sense, right? Fossilized amber. Yeah. The yeah, mosquitoes. I mean, it's pretty. It seems like that would be pretty difficult to find. Um, but it's still, I don't see the holes in it. Why can't we do air type? Well, you just when to we that, do uh, it, we just don't fill it in using um, uh, frogs. Don't use frog DNA. That's a bad frogs. idea. Right. So that's I don't know why they would have used frog DNA either. Or not. <laughs> I think that's worth saying. That's the one hole in it. They're reptiles. Right, frogs aren't reptiles; <laughs> they're amphibians. Like, why would you be yeah. like using, um, I don't know, uh, hippopotamus DNA? It doesn't it doesn't make sense. Yeah, yeah. Well, they need to they need to hire you. I hope you ask Ron that question. Ask ask him that question. Why? I, here's the thing, listener. Okay, sometimes I need to maintain a le- a measure of of professionalism. Okay. But if you join the call and ask only Jurassic Park-centered questions, I didn't do it, right? And I have to entertain because I'm here, entertain your your inqu- your queries because that's my job as the the host and interviewer, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. I mean, I think it really it really fits this decentering of of humans at the center of everything. I mean, we never had control. That's that's the illusion. I mean, just uh, is I illusion. just hope you continue to. <laughs> work in Jurassic Park references. <laughs> All right, that's coming up on June. Tell us again, June 28th. June 28th, Tuesday, June All 28th, right. happening at 6 o'clock Mountain Time, 5 o'clock Pacific, 7 Central, 8 Eastern. I'm going to be uh, in lovely Dumas Bay in the Northwest when I'm talking to uh, talking to Ron. I don't know where he'll Fantastic. be. Fantastic. Well, tune into that, dear listeners. We are continuing our way through summer... 2022. I believe this is now the fourth Sunday after Pentecost. Uh, it is also Independence That's why Day. Why people folks are celebrating the fourth, the fourth I mean, Sunday you know, after Pentecost? We're recording this on Flag Sunday uh, because we're that was good. That was good, Zach. I forgot that I had super, it for a second. <laughs> it's a really good sound effect. We're just so patriotic. Uh, that's that's what we're doing. July third, fourth Sunday after Pentecost. 
What have we got? What have we got, Matt? Um, we got connections in the gospel, so I'm excited for that. Um, if we're doing the complimentary, which I think we are, Isaiah 66, which is a little poetry-ish. Thus says the Lord, rejoice with Jerusalem. Be glad for her, all you who love her. Rejoice with her enjoy all you who mourn over her, that you may nurse and be satisfied from her consoling breast, which is worth saying, Matt. Dinosaurs did not have, as reptiles, they do not have mammary glands, mm-hmm. but if they filled in the, 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 the dino DNA with hippo DNA, who are do have mammary glands, could be, that you may drink deeply with delight from her glorious bosom. Uh, for thus says the Lord, I will extend prosperity to her like a river and the wealth of the nations like an overflowing stream, and you shall nurse and be carried on her arm and dandled. You got anything for dandled? On her knees. As a mother comforts her child, so I will comfort you. You shall be comforted in Jerusalem. You shall see, and your heart shall rejoice. Your body shall flourish like the grass, and it shall be known that the hand of the Lord is with his servants, and his indignation is against his enemies. The word of uh, the Lord, the word of life. Amen. Thanks be to God. Yeah, we've got some poetry here. Yeah, imagery, um, feminine mothering imaging for God here in the lectionary. God, lift that up. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. It could be maybe your church has a... um, uh, A breastfeeding Sunday. This is the time to do it, I guess. Yeah. This would be the time to do it. Um, Yeah. Yeah. You do your breast cancer awareness stuff this Sunday. Yeah. 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 That could work. That could work. It's, um, Hmm. I mean, I think it's great imagery for God. I'm trying to think if there's any connections to with this rejoice in Jerusalem, thinking about nationhood, but I kind of don't even want to go there. Cause I feel like it's just too thorny. Nah, I think good. I just lift yeah. up the, uh, I think I just lift up the feminine imagery for God and, uh, just, just let it be. Just let it be there. It's good. Yeah. It's good for people to hear this and see this. The only it's, thing I'd add about rivers, um, I will extend prosperity to her like a river and the wealth of the nations like an overflowing stream. Uh, so so I'm pretty sure this is second Isaiah, right? So the people are in exile. But but a thing to know about rivers and how rivers work in the, the, the Middle East in particular, right, is that they're seasonal most of the time. Uh, that they're wadis and that they're dry during the dry season and wet during the wet season. So um, unlike, say, the mighty Mississippi that runs all the time and always has water, um, their cultural experience with rivers would be dry places that become wet, that rivers grow and move and can go to new places, right? Because when mm. when when rivers and waterways work like that, they're going to find new courses more often than like, you know, Hmm. It takes a pretty big event for the Mississippi to find a new course. Um, yeah. But that's a thing that, that happens. Mm-hmm. Like the, yeah. Unlike the Los Angeles River, which is concreted into its course. Right. They're sometimes dry. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's uh, that's Isaiah. Um, good. I mean, good environmental imagery too. You're coming up in this conversation mm-hmm. about environmental ethics. There you go. You got, you got some text to work with. 
Um, should we move to the next text? Let us move to the next text. Actually, we're tying to Ron. Ron talks about, uh, at one point in the book, about how um, when in a chapter when he's challenging sort of the, the central, when he's decentering, if you will, Matt, the, the humans, he talks about how bad we are at babies. <laughs> right? Like that we, um, you know, when, when humans started walking upright, hips got smaller, and so babies had to be born sooner. And uh, a thing we both know uh, is that human babies can't, exist on their own when they're born Mm. they can't walk they can't do anything they can hardly they can't really see uh versus other animals that give live birth and you know horses walk immediately like they because they have to right yeah um and so there is a decentering that's happening here right through this and it's not decentering sounds bad right like not good for humans to to not make us the center of things but here you have the scriptures the biblical scriptures um, in really loving terms, I think describing uh, our fragility, our, our lack of supremacy. Yeah, that's good. That's a good connection. I like it. Well, let's uh, zoom past uh, this letter from Galatians and Paul's, um, boasting about the large letters that he makes when he is writing in his own hand, which is actually a thing that he says. Here <laughs> Galatians. Everybody and, knows uh, Paul, Paul used the fat pencils. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> they don't use any more kindergarten, Matt. Ah, man. They didn't use them at all this year. I remember distinctly having the fat pencils. Yeah. So you get a better grip. Right? But Nope. Well, the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Let's see if there are any connections here this complimentary season. After this, the Lord appointed, after this again, the Lord sending them out. After this, the Lord appointed 70 others and sent them on ahead of him in pairs. Uh, so that's 35 pairs, y'all. I, I can do math. I can do it. So like every town, <laughs> to every town and place where he himself intended to go. He said to them, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore ask the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Go on your way. See, I am sending you out like lambs into the midst of wolves. Carry no purse, no bag, no sandals, and greet no one on the road. Whatever house you enter, first say peace to this house. And if anyone is there who shares in peace, your peace will rest on that person. But if not, it will return to you. Remain in the same house, eating and drinking whatever they provide, for the laborer deserves to be paid. Do not move about from house to house. Whenever you enter a town and its people welcome you, eat what is set before you. Cure the sick who are there and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. But whenever you enter a town and they do not welcome you, go out into its streets and say, even the dust of your town that clings to our feet, we wipe off in protest against you. Yet know this, the kingdom of God has come near. Whoever listens to you listens to me. Whoever rejects you rejects me, and whoever rejects me rejects the one who sent me. The seventy returned with joy, saying, Lord, in your name even the demons submit to us. And he said to them, I watched Satan fall like heaven, fall from heaven like a flash of lightning. Tampa Bay Lightning? Maybe. <laughs> See, I have given you authority to tread on snakes and scorpions, and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing will hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice at this, that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written 
in heaven. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Well, Matt, what a story. Uh, here's what I'm going to lift up, Matt. Uh, this is the title of, uh, I believe, Gerard's like, primary first book was Satan. Uh, I see Satan fall like lightning. Hmm. Um, and um, it's this... Um, so that has me turning on my Girardian ears about scapegoating. Um, and... Uh, uh, this affirms the disciples in ways that are unexpected. I think to tie back to last week a bit, right? We had the disciples, we had a rational confidence disciples, uh, James and John, who are like, oh, should we call fire out of the skies and destroy towns? Uh, and Jesus, uh, no, uh, this is a, more of an extended response to that as well. Like this is how you should respond to being rejected. Um, so there's something fairly practical and ethical about that, but but it turns out they do have that kind of power, but just not the way that they had expected uh, that, that their work uh, out in the world has that sort of cosmic significance um, uh, as small as it might, uh, might be. Your work in the world has cosmic significance. Ooh, that's good. That's good stuff. Right. What do you got? What kind of connections you got here? <laughs> it's a good question. I'm I'm drawn to that image of of lightning as well. Um, not totally sure what to make of it next, but I like that cosmic connection. Flash of lightning. Uh, that's yeah. How to connect that to to daily life? To so the stuff of the dust, right? How do you have a text that has both the dust of your feet? and the lightning from heaven and that those things might be yeah. connected in some way. Right. Um, so I, I think I'd dig into some of that, some of that imagery. And maybe that's a good way to go. This, uh, as you celebrate the fourth Sunday of Pentecost, um, is that this text is a movement towards a lot of humility, like that, that God dwells in the dustiness of us, in our frailty, in our human lack of human, um, accomplishment um if you were to look at it i think you had what you said earlier that that, it, that it's just a myth that we were ever in control <laughs> um is what you said right um and you know from that gerardian perspective that's a myth is being broken and that's what jesus is is talking about um when he sees satan fall like lightning um and it's this myth that's that that um, the Girardian phrase, right, is that Satan casts out Satan. Um, that uh, it's its own paradox. That that the only the thing holding communities together in the ancient Near East um, is the is there is the, is the way that scapegoating worked, right? Uh, which is in itself, you know, in the Girardian thought, right? That is. That is Satan, right? Um, and it's only because you keep casting out Satan that Satan is able to hold your community together. Hmm. Um, and that's the power of of Satan, which is not a thing, I, as I hear myself say it out loud, a thing that I normally feel like I talk about on the podcast. Uh, yeah. But Girardi does, does a lot to name Satan. Um, yeah. And, and that whole system, which 
you know, is a big part of a lot of our, our independence day myths um, mm-hmm. that are worth that need to fall like lightning um, are myths that are, that are ground in that myth that Jesus is, I think, talking about here. Um, yeah. And it's all tied up in the text, right? That like it's in um, be rejected is what Jesus says, you know, don't fight. Um, that's not the way we break down these systems um, is not by allowing, by re-scapegoating people, um, but by this continual movement and keeping moving um, mm-hmm. and allowing yourself to be scapegoated and creating a community of scapegoats. A community of scapegoats. Look at these Good lines, stuff. people. For free. Good. This is a free podcast. Man. <laughs> this is a free podcast. Except for those fantastic folks who Good. support us on patreon.com slash the vinyl preacher or vinyl preacher. Those folks pay for it and they get what they pay for. Exactly. Um you get what yeah. they pay for, really. I- <laughs> This is good. This is good stuff. I like that. We, uh, yeah, we're never in control. Never had control. You are sent out like lambs among wolves or if you prefer humans among dinosaurs. Good luck out there. People of God. What Mm -hmm. are we listening to as we prepare to preach on this? That's a good question, Matt. What do you got? Why don't you go first? Mm -hmm. Well, um, anytime I see this go on your way, Send me on my way, Rusted Root. Uh, <laughs> early 90s classic. That's good. Uh, and then I need some lightning songs. Uh, so I, I feel like lightning fields uh, from the Killers employing the Mirage. I mean, you got you got the harvest here and you got this lightning. So uh, it's a good song. It's the Killers featuring Katie Lang, by the way. I'm going to go see the Killers at uh, Bank of America, Bunk of America Stadium here, uh, where LAUFC plays. Or LAFC oh, plays. Bunk of California. Uh, Is it America yeah. now? I don't know. It's just, yeah. They've expanded it. Right. Man. Um, so I'm going to see the killers in August. So I'm going to put them on the podcast. Uh, and then what most famous song about lightning. I mean, it's gotta be lightning crashes. By Dang. You just live. Oh man. So well, that was my first song. I was going to do two. And I was going to do that one. So we're going to, we got it yeah. on there. It's going to be good. And then you got to put the classic on that. You got to put Jay-Z who was at the Warriors game uh, several weeks yeah. ago now with blue Ivy. Uh, second court side. Uh, dirt off your shoulders. Uh, and I think that's that's a nice little four songs. Nice. Four songs for the fourth Sunday of Pentecost after Pentecost. Nice. Well, good luck, uh, dear preachers. It's been real, real vinyl.